Welcome to the Team Pack Podcast with your host, Quentin Cools. With new episodes every other Friday, we hope to inspire you to think critically and biblically about your life and leadership as you engage the culture, make a difference in your community, and ultimately change the world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Team Pack Podcast. This is your host, Quentin Cools, and it's a joy to be with you. Uh, along with me today is Bruce Bigler. Uh, Bruce, you want to say hey to the, the Team Pack fans out there? Hey, guys. So happy to be here on the podcast. Heck yeah. So Bruce was elected the student body president at National Convention for Team Pack. So Team Pack back in the day, uh, you know, you had 50, 100, 250 students in the entire Team Pack nation. You fast forward 30 years and to where we are today, and you have thousands upon thousands of students coming through the program every single year. National convention is an event for over a thousand people. And Bruce was elected president of that student body. So it's a big deal. I'm not throwing any shade at those of you that ran for office in the nineties or the early two thousands, but the scale to which Bruce had to uh, work hard and present himself and his running mate, Emma, um, it was it was tremendous. And you guys did a fantastic job. And I think people are interested to hear from you. That's why you're on the podcast uh, representing the student body. So you are President Bigler. And uh, alongside you is Vice President Emma Freeland. So um, talk talk us through um, how, how long did you guys plan to run for president? And was that like a short decision, a long decision? Um, and then the elation of winning, like walk us through that. Okay. So I'll start maybe five or six years ago. My two older brothers were in team packed. I think they maybe started in like 2017 or something like that. They went to NatCon in 2018, came home talking about all the different roles at NatCon. They talked about how you could be president of team packed and how it was this huge deal, how people made merch, had Instagram accounts prepped for months. And I was like, you know, that'd be kind of fun. And so I didn't actually join Team Pact until 2021 was my first year. And I went to NatCon that year, decided to run for Senate, absolutely got blew out of the water. But it was <laughs> so does. much fun. <laughs> right, right. As a first year student and Team Pact does. But um, I was in love with it. I thought the elections were so cool. And the people that were winning those positions were some of the coolest people I'd ever met. They became my idols very quickly. <laughs> and as it kind of progressed, as my team pack career went on, the next year I decided to run for Senate again, did a little bit better, ended up getting that office. And so I kind of felt that my my most likely final year in team pack, as I thought, would be a great one to run for president. And so I, I kind of went into the season with that in mind. It's staff training. Emma and I talked, I talked with maybe like, I don't know, like 10 people about running for president and just, just kind of trying to sort out which personality worked best with mine, which person had the best work ethic, who I'd have the most fun with. And Emma and I, both being senators, we, we talked at staff training. And by the end of the week, we kind of decided, you know, this is something that I think I seriously would want to do. And then we talked on the phone for maybe, I don't know, maybe like three times over the next two weeks. And eventually we decided, this is it. This is what we want to do. And so the next five months were just spent forming a team, planning, not a whole lot of sleep leading up to NatCon, but it was so worth it. And then going into the week, I was not even going to lie. I was a little bit terrified, um, very worried about our competition, but I, I had a piece that whoever won was one of my best friends, no matter who it was. I loved every single, every single candidate. And I was just so confident Team Fact would end up in good hands, no matter if it was me or if it was one of my other friends who ended up winning. 
So that was really comforting going into it. And as the week kept going on and as we got closer and closer and, you know, debates happened, things like that, I, I felt like I was on cloud nine and by election night, whether we won or not, I had felt like I had accomplished everything that I wanted to. And we had such a great group of people supporting us and pushing us forward. And so when we won and got to, got to share with the team pack nation and, you know, lead an administration for the next year, I just felt beyond blessed. So happy to have this position and um, so happy to serve alongside this entire administration of people who have worked as hard or harder than I did to, to get to that spot as well. So a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement for the year that is to come and really making sure that being president wasn't a one week thing at NatCon, but that it was something that we really poured our heart and soul into over the year. Yeah, I love that. And I love what you're describing about the community and the sense of unity that you mm -hmm. feel with your friends that were also running for office, this joy in if they win, I'm going to rejoice with them. Yeah. And if they lose, even if I win, there's almost a sorrow that I have for them because I want them to do well, you know, and, <laughs> but I love that yeah. about Teen Pact. I was recently at Teen Pact Judicial for the final ceremony of that event. And it was beautiful to hear the student body and the professors and the leaders of the event all kind of describing just the, the, the friendship and the community that had been formed over just a week. And I was thinking, you know what, that's representative of a lot of my Teen Pact experience. You build these bonds with people mm -hmm. through um, being a student and being a staffer perhaps. And over many years, for you, only three, but over three years, developing that kind of sense of camaraderie and friendship. I just think that's beautiful. So with the elections, um, this is an age-old question in Teen Pact. <laughs> um, our elections a bit of a popularity contest. Now, some would say yes, some would say no. Um, what are elections at their worst? What are elections at their best? Why did you run? So I think it's kind of undeniable to an extent to say that Team Pact elections are a popularity contest. Of course, the people that are traveling around the country, meeting hundreds of students, staffing you know numerous classes are the people that are gonna have the best shot at winning just because they've kind of poured their heart into the ministry. So at their best, I think it's the people that have really invested into Team Pact, the people who will continue to serve the nation. Those are the people who are coming into office. And a lot of times elections have this really cool potential to push people so far out of their comfort zone and not, not, quite, not quite push them into someone that they haven't been before, but really stretch them to their full potential. Like I was on a class earlier this season. And there was, there was maybe a 13 or 14 year old girl who was really, really shy. Didn't want to talk to anybody, but she heard about elections, thought she would go for it. She borrowed a bunch of Rice Krispies and candy from her friends, wrote her name and her campaign slogan on them. And she was talking to absolutely everybody at the class, wow. making friends. And she just became a totally new person because of elections. And she ran for Senate. She ended up losing the seat on a coin flip. I felt horrible about it, but I just saw it change her so much. And I thought, wow, this is what elections should be. They should take someone and push them so far out of their comfort zone that they're really reaching their fullest potential, that they're going out of their way to spread the word that Christ has given them, that they're going out of their way to meet new people. And I think that's what elections do a lot of the time. But the other, the other times when maybe elections don't go quite- The dark side of the election process. <laughs> 
that could be like a team packed commercial or something in that yes, time. save yes. that one for next year. <laughs> <laughs> but I think sometimes they do have a potential to people become entitled to those positions. A lot of times it's travel staff who, who have, you know, met with hundreds of students and they think, well, it's kind of my privilege that I should get to be an officer in team pack since I poured so much into it. And so people just kind of come in with no prep. They don't really expect to give back to team pack. They just kind of want to keep elections in the week. And I think that's really sad when, when people don't realize the impact that can come with elections, not that always comes, but the impacts that we, we can choose to have over the team pact body through these offices. So I think we have to be really careful when running for office, making sure that our motives are in the right place and that it's not just not just us running to wanting to run for popularity, but really wanting to serve and to meet people and to share a message. And I think, you know, achievement, winning, significance, those are a huge part of elections. I know they were for me. I think anyone would be a fool to say that winning wasn't at least part of their goal. But if that's your only goal, then I think that's that's a bit of a problem. And it's not going to be helpful to the Team Pack Nation just for you to win and then ditch your office afterwards. Yeah, that's really that's really good. I like how your your vision for elections is twofold. I see it as a way of serving others and it's it's others centered in that sense. But there's also the sense of discovery for your own personality and ability and like the 13 or 14 year old girl that you described, like like that was me at my first state class of needing to be pushed to, hey, you actually are capable of more. And I I even wonder looking back at my last year as a student in Teen Pact had somebody pushed me more and said, hey, I see that you're running for representative at NatCon. Maybe you should consider running for president or vice president or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that would have uh, kind of freaked me out, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but it may have been really good for me. Like it may have been really stretching. I may have learned some things that I otherwise wouldn't have learned. So for you, you made a decision at some point along the way uh, perhaps before or after you're elected senator the previous year and you're thinking, hmm, I could maybe run for president this next year. That'd be a good stretch goal. I'll do that. I'll start building some friendships with people who might want to help on my campaign. And like, you know, all these things start mm-hmm. to kind of form and forge toward this this end goal. Um, what would you say for you personally, other than the desire to serve other people? What what was in it for you? Like, was there a desire to to kind of um, to, to discover those, those capacities yourself. I know you're already an excellent order. You've been involved in speech and debate. You're, you're, you know, you've been a nationalist at, at a lot of different, um, uh, 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 positions, not positions. What are the, what is the phrase, uh, categories, uh, yeah, categories. forensic yeah. categories. So, so you're, you're excellent across the board, but to be able to do that, not just before a panel of judges, but to do that before, uh, thousands of voters like that, that, that feels like a stretch goal to me. What, what was in, what was going through your mind? Why did you decide to run? Yeah. So it definitely was a stretch goal, but at the same time, it brought a completely different aspect to to speaking and to leading than I was kind of used to. So growing up in speech and debate, you know, different sports, things like that, a lot of the positions that I was going for were kind of solely based on ability and they were based on how well you could perform. And so a lot of times I felt like the people that were winning, the people that were rising to the top, weren't that great of people. Like they could talk really well, they could persuade you really well, but outside the competition room, they weren't really people you wanted as your role model. And, and that was really frustrating me a lot of times because 
you you knew that they were being fake. They could say a great thing inside an apologetics room explaining how Jesus is their savior, but the second they walk out and they they treat someone horribly, you just think that's a huge contradiction. I can't believe that this is the person that is supposed to be the role model for our organization. And so I think a large reason why I fell in love with team packed elections is because it combines the two. It requires you to have those skills and abilities, but it also requires you to really have a heart for the Lord and a heart for service because you can't fake your personality for an entire week to every single person you meet. People will realize who you are at some point and they'll kind of, the, the truth will come out. And so it was always really satisfying to me that the people who were winning were the people who I wanted to be like. They weren't just people who could talk well or persuade well, but they were people who truly had a heart for the Lord. And it definitely, speaking plays a huge role in it. And I don't think if you can't speak, you're most likely not going to get a position. But for me, a large part of the appeal was it's turning me more into someone who I want to become. It's making sure that I am living life above reproach and in every interaction that I'm being someone that people would want to look up to, that I am trying to imitate Christ as best that I can. Mm, yeah. I love that. So for somebody else who's out there, uh, who's listening to this podcast and they're anticipating next year at their state class mm -hmm. or next year at their, uh, at national convention, or maybe it's just somebody who is uh, already past team pack. Maybe some of our listeners are graduates of the program and they're years beyond their high school days, but they're wanting to glean some lessons. What are, what are some lessons that you've learned that you would want to pass on when somebody else says, you know, oh, it's just, it's just a popularity contest or, oh, I don't need that. Like I've already, I've already got all these other experiences or what, like, why would you push yourself? Why would you encourage other people to push themselves toward something like running for office toward that kind of ambition that requires a little bit more than what you want to give? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a really good question. I've heard that from a lot of people who are like, you spent four months running for an office for what? And it's like, it's really hard to explain to people kind of my, my desire to run for office, especially people outside of Team Pact. And to understand that, you kind of have to understand the ministry itself. You have to understand how many lives have been changed, how many youths have been cultivated into phenomenal leaders because of this program. And the ways that the Lord has used it in their lives. And so I think the first step to participating in something like this is finding an organization that you support, that you want to be a part of. And so maybe that, maybe that in the real world is something like a company that you think has a ton of potential, or even the government, you see something that you want to change. And so you want to run for office, finding a mission that you can stand behind and then realizing how you can play a part in it is fundamental to really every single aspect of your life. You're not going to be successful or you're not going to feel successful if you're not working towards a goal that's respectable and that's going to further a mission that you can support. And so for me, that was a huge part of Team Pact because it had had such a big impact on my life and so many other lives. I wanted to share it with as many people as I could. And I wanted to, specifically in Team Pact as president, I wanted to share kind of a different side of it and try to just be as genuine as I could in running for office and use it as an opportunity to meet people and to point others to Christ and stand behind a mission that I can support behind an organization that I think should reach more people.
Yeah, I, I love that. I, the, the idea that you're describing of a mission-driven leader and, and pursuing leadership opportunities because you believe in the mission and you want to see that yeah. advanced, um, that has application across all parts of society, whether we're talking about family or college or business or nonprofit work or fill in the blank, like your local church, that, that idea of carrying a mission that's actually worthy of being carried and mm-hmm. pursuing greater levels of leadership and responsibility that meet your capacity, sometimes even stretch your capacity. Like that's a beautiful and good thing. And God's equipped us to do that. So, so pursue it, receive it, go. And I think that that's um, challenging, especially for people who do not prefer the limelight or are very guarded of that. And my encouragement to people would be, uh, you know, yes, be discerning. Yes, be prayerful. Ask the Lord if that particular thing that you're considering is for you, or at least for you to pursue, and sometimes it's going to be a no, but oftentimes it's going to be a yes, even if you don't end up getting that thing. Like it might be worth applying for a position and get a no, but the application mm-hmm. itself and the process was actually formative for who you are and and God showing you where he wants you to go now that you got the no. And, and I just feel like those moments in our life have the potential to be incredibly clarifying as God directs and mm-hmm. guides us. But Oftentimes we, we, and isn't this true of, of why we exist as team pact? We, we have our comfort zone. We have this area that we prefer to stay, you know, kind of a, a little bit dormant or, you know, we've come alive in certain areas, but, but really what team packs trying to say to young people at a time in their lives when typically they don't care about such things is come alive here and here and here and just keep going and let, let's go, let's see this happen. So I love that call and that vision of find a mission that you believe in and pursue greater levels of leadership that you might be able to serve others. Like I, I can get behind that. So thank you yeah. as a, as a former teen pack student and you're my president. So thank you for representing that and carrying that torch. I think that's really, really excellent. So, so let's ask about that. So you've been president here for, um, we're recording this in early July. It'll be released a little later than that, but uh, so let's think about that. It's been a little over a month. You've been president for a while. You've done some travel. You've been busy. You've been uh, in a few different states already. Like, has it settled in or are you still kind of uh, like in, in the aftermath of national convention? Like, this is still kind of crazy. <laughs> Definitely a little bit of both. Every time that, that Emma and I call to talk about our administration, what we want to do, we're both just kind of like, wow, like still can't believe it. It happened, especially happened the way that it did just you can't you can't plan for that kind of excitement and that kind of just absolute hype that goes on at national convention so in a way it hasn't completely set in and i don't really think it ever will in a way like these are the people every single president has been someone that i look up to and i respect so much and i thought it was an honor just to get to have a single conversation at lunch with and so it makes me a little bit nervous to know that maybe to some person I am that role model that so many other presidents were to me. Sure. And so it, it carries a ton of responsibility in my head that hasn't completely set in, especially since I haven't really been back to team pack yet. I think that'll a lot of stuff will change maybe when I, you know, when I go to Congress or serve in the upcoming year. But as of right now, it's very surreal. But but it's also such a huge opportunity as we've been talking with our administration, just seeing the potential that is there is so exciting. Seeing how much people 
want to pour into the ministry? How many representatives and senators have texted me, you know, over the past two weeks? It's like, what can we be doing right now? How can we be serving? It's just so amazing to see people engage like that. And for me to have the opportunity to help lead this organization. So yes, I've a little bit come to terms with it, but I think we have still a lot more processing and, <laughs> and um, giving to the team pack nation to be done. So that's awesome. So can you, can you give us some hints? What are, what are some of the things you're hoping to do in the coming months, the next year? Like you, you have between May 23 to May 24 to do something like you have some ideas of what your administration wants to accomplish. Yeah. So one thing that I think is very interesting that we, we talked about at our first meeting, it was very close to unanimous that we want to restart the elected officials scholarship that took a little bit of a break after last year because Wilson Diaz started it in 2021 and then just to give the opportunity for the governors to submit an essay and possibly receive a scholarship to any alumni event of their choice and when we talked about it we we thought that it was a great idea to bring back and so we're really excited to start that back up again I know we haven't necessarily made it public but that's something that we're very excited about excited to engage the governors and the elected representatives at their state class on a national level so that's one thing that we are anticipating for sure. A second big thing, I'm sure you guys have heard about it a lot if you were at national convention, our executive order just to partner with places like Classical Conversations, to partner with um, you know, Generation Joshua, the HSLDA. We're, we've been making so many different connections and so many people on our administration have, have spoke up and said, well, I know someone here and I know someone here. And just seeing the passion that they have for spreading the message of Team Pact I cannot wait to see it all come together. We're still, you know, working out a lot of the fine details, seeing what those partnerships will exactly look like, but that's going to be a huge part of our administration. And we're really hopeful that it will have a huge impact on spreading the vision and mission of Team Pact. I love that. That's awesome. Well, we're excited. Yeah. Um, as we come to a close with our time, as you think back over running for president and then the elation of that 24 hour period at national convention <laughs> from Friday night, election return, finding out um, the returns from each state, and then finding out you win. Then you give a speech the next day. You have the inauguration ceremony, but then you're heading home. You have a month since then, a little a little longer than a month. As you look back on that whole process, are there a lesson or two that you've learned through that that you, you're just kind of carrying with you? You're just putting it in your backpack and heading into the next season of your life, but you're like, I'm glad I had this lesson that I could learn, maybe even in part, but just a good lesson for us to walk away with. There's definitely a few things, numerous things that I learned. Uh, a huge one for me, I've said this a few times, but my role models were presidents in the past. I've wanted to be like all of them. And now finding myself in this position and knowing myself, the things I struggle with, um, you know, the way that I carry on an, obviously a normal life at home, it, it gives such a reality to leadership, that leadership isn't always glamorous. It isn't just the week that you see, but it's really just pushing yourself in every area of your life, realizing that nobody's ever going to be perfect. None of your role models are perfect. You're not perfect, but the Lord will use you through that if you choose to step into the opportunities that he's given you. So that's a big thing for sure. Another, another lesson that I learned happened at National Convention, and it was right after I got elected. I think it was breakfast the next day or something like that. And I sat down at a table and I introduced myself to someone and they asked, I feel like I've seen you somewhere. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's really funny. 
it's like, hmm, maybe we've met. I'm not sure. But just realizing that something that was my entire week that I was so focused on may have been a super small part of the week to someone else. And they may, they guarantee they're guaranteed to have other focuses, other friend groups, other things that they care about that aren't based in elections. And so just realizing that it's a big deal. Yes. I I've been entrusted with a lot of authority and influence in this position, but also when I step away from team pact and, and go into other areas of my life, being president isn't everything and it's not fulfilling. It's never something that is going to totally satisfy me or totally give me a sense of purpose. But at the same time, it's something that we have to realize it's a small part of our life, but at the same time, there's so much opportunity to be had with it. So not underestimating the influence, but also not overestimating the influence and just realizing the balance that we should go into things like this with that we should realize the lord has given us opportunities to use so wisely but never to place our worth in them never to think that they are the things that will satisfy or fulfill us because you know i prepped for this for five months and we had a great team that helped us so much but once that was over if that became my worth i would just be absolutely crushed that i wasn't getting recognized you know when i when i go and sit down for lunch And keeping my worth in something that's outside of myself is so comforting because I know that I'm going to fail. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to do things wrong with this position of leadership, but that doesn't define who I am. And so I'm, I'm going into this position with so much prayer, hoping that the Lord, as I know he will, will keep me steadfast in who I am instead of the positions or the achievements that that I have received. Yeah, that's so good. I think, um, one of the, one of the most difficult reads for me was a book called the dark side of leadership. And each chapter Mm -hmm. talked about essentially the greatest strengths that you have might also be your greatest weakness and how something Mm -hmm. like this position could be your greatest strength. And you've got this platform and you've got this authority and you've got this influence. And yet, if you find your identity in that and you try to find your satisfaction mm-hmm. in that, that thing is corrosive and it actually corrupts and it actually changes you and turns you into a very different type of person than the person that people first fell in love with and said, Hey, we want yeah. you to be our leader. We like you. We want to follow you. We want to follow your example. And so I love that you're humbly holding that before the Lord and saying, all right, God, I want to be faithful in this opportunity, but I don't want this to define me. And I think that's exactly where we should be, wherever we're at in life, trusting the Lord in our identity and then living in the good of that. So Bruce, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. This was great having you and uh, shout out to everyone on the administration. Shout out to Emma. You guys are fantastic. We love y'all. Thanks so much for having me, Glenn. Thank you for listening to the Team Pack podcast, hosted by Quentin Cools and produced by Elizabeth Albano. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating or leave a review. For more information about Team Pack Leadership Schools or to donate to our ministry, please visit teampack.com.